Welcome to Locked On Cardinals. I'm your host, Alex Clancy. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. It's a very exciting time for Arizona Cardinals fans. Thank you to everybody who listens, not only to Locked On Cardinals, but the whole gambit of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you haven't listened to the mock, mock draft portion, Check it out on Apple Podcasts. Search for Locked On NFL. Bo and I are highlighted uh, in the second installment when um, when you hear our choice at number eight overall. Spoiler alert: It's Jedrick Wills out of Alabama. You gotta you gotta listen to the matriculation of picks in an effort to understand why we took Mister Wills at number eight overall. What do the Cardinals do at number eight overall? Do they trade down? Do they stay where they are? That's your Locked On Cardinals lead story. I'm Alex Clancy. Now listen, this is something that we've talked about a lot. Bo and myself have talked about it a lot. There are a lot of different situations that could potentially arise for the Arizona Cardinals with the eighth overall pick. Now, when it comes to Steve Keim and trusting Steve Keim, you need to take that portion of your brain and put a spotlight on it from now until through the draft because we don't have a choice you have to trust Steve Keim. Since the end of the 2018 season, he's done nothing but make you instill your trust in him. Whether it be Jordan Hicks, Kyler Murray, DJ Humphreys getting a team-friendly deal this offseason, and then trading for DeAndre Hopkins, getting rid of David Johnson's contract, and getting a fourth-round pick back from it is, is something that has forced us to instill our trust in Steve Kime. We don't have an option because he's done everything that a great GM should do since the end of the 2018 season, which caused irreparable harm to this to this franchise that he is trying to band-aid up at this point. He's done a pretty good job so far. At number eight overall, this is the pivot point for this franchise. I talked about the pivot. For those that have listened to the podcast for a couple of years, my, my pivot point was two years ago when they drafted Josh Rosen. I thought that was going to be the pivot for this franchise. I thought this was going to be the beginning of something magical for the Arizona Cardinals. It was not, for those that for those that don't remember, it was not. Josh Rosen, it, it, it didn't work. But with Kyler Murray coming in, I feel like this is the time with the number 8 overall pick where the Arizona Cardinals can make incredible leaps towards being a fully functional and winning franchise. Not necessarily sustaining for the end of time, but for right now, a fully functional and winning franchise. Those two phrases and words, fully functional, yeah, I guess is one because there's a hyphen, fully functional is one phrase and then winning is another. Those two were not in the Arizona Cardinals dictionary two years ago. So the fact that we're even talking about it is something that that you have to give Steve Kime credit for. But the number eight overall pick and what they do with it is paramount for the future of this franchise. Obviously, every draft pick is important, but when it comes to this pick specifically, what they do with the number eight overall pick is something that could build the foundation, could cover and super glue or whatever refinish the cracks in the foundation the Arizona Cardinals have had for the last 30 years. Do you trade up or do you trade back? Do you stick and take the best option at eight overall, whether it be, you know, Tristan Wirfs if he drops or or, or Mekhi Becton or Jedrick Wills 
or you know, Isaiah Simmons, if for some reason he drops, most likely to be an offensive lineman. And if you decide, with Tristan Wirfs probably off the board, that Jedrick Wills is your guy at right tackle, or Mekhi Becton is your guy at right tackle, you take him. The trading back adds a little bit of uncertainty, at least in my opinion, to Steve Kimes' ability to, to make draft to make draft picks. Because if you trade back, and, and there are rumors that Tampa Bay and Atlanta want to move up either for an offensive lineman or Atlanta maybe for a quarterback, which would be a weird transition. You can move back to 14, get an offensive lineman, maybe Andrew Thomas, some guy that's not at the top of your draft board, and accrue a second or third round pick. I think it'd be difficult to pass up, even though... We've played with fire before with Steve Kime, and we've gotten burned. In my opinion, though, you stay at eight, you pick an offensive lineman at eight. It's not sexy, but it's what's best for the future of the franchise. Remember that not every move is going to be a popcorn-eating move. It's not going to be a, oh, that person's going to catch touchdown passes. That person's going to rush for a lot of yards. That's not the crux of an NFL team. It's the lines. And that's something that the Arizona Cardinals need to focus upon if they want to have any sort of future protecting Kyler Murray, which is really the main cog of all of this. If you can't protect Kyler Murray, you're not going to win. That's it. It's as simple as that. Coming up next, what would I do in number eight overall? What would I do specifically if I were Steve Kahn? I'll talk about, talk about that next, Lockdown Cardinals. Welcome back, Locked On Cardinals. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. If Tristan Wirfs is gone, well, here, let me back this up. Let me back this up for a second. Because I've talked about this ad nauseum uh, over the last at least two weeks that there is a chance that things could get weird and Jeff Okuda or Isaiah Simmons could be there at number eight. And the chances of that happening are fleeting, and they were never, you know, it, it, big percentages to begin with. But I'm still, even though I'm fighting myself too, because listen, I'm a football fan. You think I wouldn't want to hear? And with the eighth pick, the Arizona Cardinals select CD Lamb. Oh my God, what did they just do? This is going to be exciting. Oh my God, they just drafted Isaiah Simmons. Oh my God, they drafted Jeff Okuda, who could potentially supplant Patrick Peterson as a as a number one lockdown corner for the Cardinals, and you can allocate that money elsewhere instead of having to pay Patrick Peterson. I get all of it. I have to fight myself also, because I love football. I love things that I want to eat popcorn to. I love all those things. I'm not a droid. I'm not a droid that's like that has no feelings. I want to watch fun stuff too. But you can't forget the fact that Steve Kime and Michael Bidwell have put everybody in this position to have to take an offensive tackle. They didn't go get one in in free agency. If they would have went and got Brian Balaga, they wouldn't have to draft an offensive lineman. But they didn't. They spent their money elsewhere. So when it comes to this, you have to remember that the Cardinals aren't forced to take a pick, take an offensive tackle or offensive lineman 
in this draft just because they had a bad record last year. They, they're they doing this because of the several years of futility, whether it be through free agency and the draft, with their inability to draft and sign free agent offensive linemen that can, first of all, play 16 games and do it at somewhere close to a Pro Bowl level. They haven't been able to do it. So this is why we're in the position we're in, talking about the Arizona Cardinals having to draft, having to draft an offensive lineman at eight overall. That's it. That's where we are. And you have to remind yourself of that when you're looking at all the other teams taking all of these, ooh, cool and fun players to watch. This is where the Cardinals are because the Cardinals put themselves there. They didn't lose the lottery. They're like, nope, you have to draft a lineman this year. That's the lottery. Sorry. This is years and years of poor judgment by Steve Keim. Now, he's done better, but we wouldn't be in the hole we're in, media members and fans-wise watching this, if he didn't make bad decisions five years before that. So he's digging himself out of the hole that he dug himself. Just remember that. So back to my original point. I have to fight myself to not say, oh, figure it out. You don't have to draft an offensive lineman. Kyler Murray, he can run around the pocket like a crazy person. He had 48 sacks against last year. Probably 15 of them were his fault. He didn't get hurt on any of them. He goes down. He can handle it. It's scary thinking. You 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 don't tempt that. Especially with the guy, with any quarterback. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is one of the biggest damn quarterbacks in NFL history. He gets hurt more than many. I mean, he does take a lot more hits. He does withstand a lot more, a lot more uh, punishing than than other quarterbacks do. But Kyler Murray, th- there's an argument to be made. You don't need to draft a right a right tackle because Kyler Murray can be elusive behind the line of scrimmage. Okay, agreed. But stop it. That's not the elixir or recipe for you know long-standing health in the NFL, especially for a guy his size. So I do have to fight myself being resigned to the fact that the Arizona Cardinals need to draft an offensive lineman at eight. I've done many podcasts on here where I'm like, you know, CeeDee Lamb, it'd be fun, and maybe it would work, especially with Larry Fitzgerald on his... I don't know, maybe he's got 10 years left to play. Who the hell knows? But Larry Fitzgerald is not getting any younger. And having DeAndre Hopkins and CeeDee Lamb and having two of the three best, two of their three best players on offense, both being on rookie deals with Kyler and CeeDee Lamb, it's it, I salivate thinking about it. How much fun that would be. But they cannot do it because they are reaping right now what they've sowed. They are. And you have to draft an offensive lineman. Who's my choice? My answer is very simple. Build your draft board. Pick the guy that hasn't been picked yet. That's it. One, two, three, four. One's picked. Take two. That's it. You can't, because this is where it gets tricky. You have guys that make their money based on scouting and deeming who is more talented than others. You know, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks. Everybody's got one now. Everybody's got a mock draft. Everybody's got their two cents. When it comes down to it, this goes back to what I talked about in the first segment where 
you got to trust Steve Kime because you got to trust Steve Kime. We don't we don't have any other option at this point. So you take Steve Kime, you put him in a room, you make him and Cliff Kingsbury obviously, and, and Sean Coogler is going to be very important in this as well. Uh, I don't know how much say offensive line coaches have traditionally. I I, I don't know uh, in the draft process, but you put Sean Coogler in that room because apparently he's. Dante Scarnecchi, a part two. Dante Scarnecchi was the offensive line coach for the Patriots for 20-plus years. I think he may have just retired. I don't know. But he he can do things with five big burly men and, you know, upwards of 2,000 pounds that other people – or, you know, 1,500 pounds that other guys can't do. So you put him in the room. What's your favorite? And maybe focus on what he wants more than what Cliff Kingsbury wants. Cliff King Cliff Kingsbury made us do the, the blackjack dealer hand thing. I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to go sit in the corner. You guys make the right choice. It'll be fine. You put everybody in a room that needs to be in the room, and you say, who, after watching all the film, who's our number one? Who's our number two? Who's our number three? And who's our number four? You sit down. You go one, two, three, four. You pick the names. If Tristan Wirfs has gone and Jedrick Wills or Mekhi Becton's number two and number eight, pick it and shut it. Pick it and look towards the third round. That's it. Do not make this more difficult than it needs to be. Do not make this more difficult than it needs to be. Well, what if, you know, what what if uh, you, you get an offer for a second round pick to move down to 14, but you know at that point that at least your top two offensive line choices will be gone. I'll tell you what they should do in that situation next, Locked on Cardinals. Final segment, Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Thank you to everybody who listens. Our numbers are still high. We really appreciate everybody that's sitting at home on you know Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever. We appreciate everybody that listens. Thank you very much. I will speak for Bo here. Finally, Bo will say something right because it's coming out of my mouth that we thank <laughs> we thank everybody for who who listens. We we do. We really do, because without you, this this would not be possible. So, uh, again, really, really appreciate it. And w- listen, a uh, little PSA, Bo and I love interacting with you guys on Twitter, guys and gals on Twitter. Please reach out to us. Don't just follow. Reach out. If you hear something you like, if you hear something you don't like, at Bo Brock, at Clancy's Corner, at Locked on AZ Cards. Hit us all up. We love interacting with people that listen to the podcast. We want to hear what you have to say. We do. So, again, thank you. Reach out to us. We love interaction on Twitter and otherwise. Say Tampa Bay, who's at 14, I believe. Call Steve Kime. It's like, hey, Stevie baby, we'll give you our 14th pick and our second round pick for your first and then one of your fourth round picks. Say the say the Cardinals' fourth round pick, which is the eighth pick in that in, in that. Uh, in that round instead of the one that they got for the Texans, which is considerably lower. Well, what would you say to that, to that offer? And I, it's tempting. And I've talked about this. I, I, I've given this scenario. I've given this uh, metaphor. The Arizona Cardinals don't need a second-round pick. And, and listen, listen. It's like when you're younger and 
you're with your mom or dad or, or whoever older older sibling and you see something in the toy store you're a lot younger you see something in the toy store that you really want and you're like oh mom I, I want that can I have that and mom says well you know your birthday is coming up in a couple months if you want that to be your birthday present I'll get it for you but that means you won't get much for your actual birthday do you want that and I'll, Every time you say yes, even though it's, a, it's usually a mistake, every time you say yes. And then when it, when your birthday comes, you're like, oh man, I wish I had something for my birthday. Even though you already got what you wanted for your birthday, it just happened to be a couple months ago. That's what happened with the Cardinals and, and getting DeAndre Hopkins. You got your birthday present. It was just, what, six weeks before the draft or a month or a month before the draft. The second round pick is not something you need to get recouped because you got someone in DeAndre Hopkins in that trade that is far superior most likely than anything you get in the second round. And when it comes down to things now, you look at the number eight overall pick and Tampa Bay offers you 14 and their second round pick for your first and fourth. It looks so tempting, especially because you have a fourth round pick from the, from the Hopkins trade. Don't jump into Temptation Island here. Don't look at what could potentially be and just push away the great situation that you're in with the eighth overall pick. Going back to what I said in the second segment, and I will leave you with this, Steve Kime, Michael Bidwell, Sean Kugler, Cliff Kingsbury, whoever, sit down at a table with the grease board, write down one, two, three, four, Put names ranking the offensive linemen next to those numbers. And whichever one is highest when it gets to you, whichever one is still left that's highest, when it gets to you at eight overall, you draft that player, you say thank you, Commissioner Goodell, and then you look towards the third round. Don't complicate things. Pick the guy, put the guy in a Cardinals uniform, and start winning more games. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. We'll talk to you tomorrow.